Gabe Miller here. I want to personally thank you for checking out our YouTube channel. And I also want to encourage you to click the subscribe button so that you can stay current with all of our content on here. You can connect with us also on our website at yourimpactchurch.com and on all of our social media outlets at Your Impact Church. I hope this message encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you. Let's jump into the message. I want to jump right into something that I felt like the Lord put on my heart to share with you. Uh, just from a few verses in 1 Peter chapter 5. And so I think this is going to be a blessing to you. I know it was to me as I was reading this and studying for this and preparing it. 1 Peter chapter 5, and I want to start in verse 6. This is what, this is what it tells us. It says, so, be, so humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. In his kindness, God has called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you have suffered a little while, he will restore support and strengthen you and he will place you on a firm foundation. All power to him forever. Amen. I want to talk to you for just a few moments on these verses, and I've just simply titled this message, A Little Bit of Wisdom. Come on, look at your neighbor and tell him, you need a little bit of wisdom. I think that there was, (laughs) some of you are like, I don't know how to take that coming from you. As I was reading through, as I was reading through 1 Peter, and I got to chapter 5, Uh, there were just some things that stood out to me that I felt like the Lord wanted me to share and talk on today to be a help and be an encouragement because I think that in the times that we live in, we need a little bit of wisdom. We need the word of God. Come on. We need the word of God now more than ever. We've always needed the word of God, but you need the word of God now more than ever. And there are a few things that I just want to pull out of these few verses that I think we need to take to heart. And, and some of it is just that we need to understand. We need to wrap our minds around what this is actually saying for us today and what this means for our lives. And so Peter is closing out this letter with a little bit of practical advice, if you will, and some wisdom. And he says a few things, and so I want to pull these things out that I think are going to help us. And so here's the first thing that I think that we can learn from this passage, and this is a word for somebody right here. Maybe you just came today for this. Point number one is stop carrying your worries. Stop carrying your worries. Maybe you need to look at your neighbor right now. You need to look at your spouse right now. You need to look at your kid right now or your parent right now and say, you need to stop carrying your worries. Anybody ever been worried? Come on, you watch the news, get worried. Hear about something going on? Get worried. (laughs) There's lots of worry in our lives, it seems like. In 1 Peter 5, 7, one of the things that he tells us, he says, give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. I think a lot of times we are carrying around our worries and our cares and our anxieties everywhere that we go. 
Anybody ever just felt like you were carrying around your, I mean, just everywhere that you went, I've had, I, you know, whenever I get worried and, and start thinking about this and I'm carrying this stuff around, my wife will ask me a lot of times, she'll say, are you okay? And then in that moment, I realize I am not even functioning properly in this moment. I cannot even be present really in this moment because I am carrying worry and anxiety and fear and all the cares of this life on my shoulders as I walk around, right? We carry we carry our worries to work, our anxieties to work. Come on, some of you think, well, my work is the cause of my worry and anxiety. We're carrying all of this stuff around. We carry them at school. We carry them around in parenting. We carry them around in our marriage. I mean, just everywhere that we go, there are so many of us that we're just carrying our worry, carrying our worry over and over again. And I think sometimes we find ourselves living our lives in a place of worry and anxiety. That everything brings us back to worry and anxiety. Everything, it's, it's like a pattern. It's a habit. It's something that, that has been, we've, we've lived this way for so long that now we don't know how to live without carrying our worries and carrying our anxieties and carrying all of these things on our own shoulders. And so it's become a lifestyle for some of us. And for some of us, when our eyes open in the morning, we're worried. You ever just woke up and immediately you were anxious? <laughs> I mean, just immediately? Before your feet ever hit the floor, before you ever even got in the shower, it was like you just woke up and immediately you were worried, you were anxious. What's going to happen today? Well, this happened three days ago, and what's going to transpire today because of what happened three days ago? And we're carrying this stuff around with us everywhere that we go. And here's what we can all probably agree on when it comes to living and carrying around worry. Number one, it takes our focus off of God. We're so focused on what we worry, what we're worried about that we have forgotten that God is able, that we have forgotten that God is all-powerful, that we have forgotten that God already knows the end from the beginning because we are so focused on our worry and our anxiety and all these cares. We play out different scenarios in our minds regarding what we're worried about because we're so focused on our words, we're carrying them around. We're not thinking on things that are good and lovely and pure and all of these things because we're consumed with our worries. Here's the second thing that we can all probably agree when it comes to living and carrying around worry, it paralyzes us. This, this you know, a, a lot of times we'll, we'll be carrying around our worries and we won't be doing anything else and we'll feel overwhelmed and we'll feel like there's so much going on and we'll feel all of these emotions and, and anxiety and everything, but in, in reality, we're really paralyzed. We're not moving anything forward. We're not accomplishing anything. We're not even reading our Bible because we're so worried. We're not spending time in prayer because we're so worried. We're just paralyzed on the inside, and we don't even know what to do with it. Well, good news. Peter tells us what to do with all of our worries and our cares, but it, it paralyzes us, and we don't feel like we can function properly, and we do, and we don't do things based on our worries. Here's the third thing. It overwhelms us. A lot of times this is a reaction really in, even in the moment, really when you wake up in the morning, like all of your worry and your anxiety, it just overwhelms you from the very beginning. The more we think about what we're worried or anxious about, the more overwhelmed we feel. The next thing is it keeps us from doing things that God desires for us to do, and it causes us to do things that we know we shouldn't do. 
because we're carrying around worry and carrying around anxiety, right? We start to drink too much. We start to try to numb it. We disconnect from our family. We begin to avoid community. We start doing all of these things and stop doing certain things all because we have not learned what to do with our worry and with our anxiety and with all of the cares and everything that's going on. Listen, you're living in this world. In this world, there will be trouble. In this world, you're going to have problems. There are going to be things that are going to happen to you that are going to make you worried, that are going to make you feel anxious, that are going to, but you don't have to leave it there and you don't have to carry around the anxiety. You don't have to carry around the worry. You don't have to carry around and be overwhelmed and be paralyzed by what's going on around you because you're so consumed with it. No, you can give it over to God. Peter must have been writing to some people who had their own struggle with worry. Isn't it good news? Anybody ever think it's good news sometimes to realize that you're not the only one? Like, oh, I'm not the only one, right? <laughs> we get around each other and, well, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm real good. <laughs> What's so good right now? I don't know. I'm just, I'm just good. We don't really know what to do with it. And I, I love that Peter, he gives us this advice, the best advice that anyone could ever give someone who struggles with worry and anxiety and fear. So he tells us that instead of carrying our worry with us throughout our lives, we actually need to give our cares and our worries to God. And then he tells us some great news, right? He tells us the reason why. And this is great news. Give your cares and your worries over to God. Why? Because he cares about you. How often do we go through living our lives like God does not care about us? Wouldn't it be awesome to have somebody who would walk with you everywhere that you go all throughout the day and was just always with you all the time, who cared so much about you that anytime something began to cause you worry or anxiety that you could say, you know what, I don't have to carry this. I want to give this to you. Good, na- good news. There is. And I want to challenge you when you go through your day, because some of us, we're going to have to, we're going to have to form new habits and new ways of thinking. Because for so long, worry has just been a part of our lives and anxiety has been a part of our lives and carrying around these things has just been a part of our lives. But you have the Holy Spirit, the God who created you, who says, I care for you. Will you just give those things to me? Will you just give me, I know you're worried about that. I know that you think that might happen. I know that you're concerned about that. Will you just hand that over to me so that I can use you and we can continue to move forward and I can handle that thing. I can handle that problem. I can give you wisdom to know what to do in that situation. Psalm 139, it it tells us, talking about how much God cares for us. And and I love Psalm 139, it tells us that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. In Ephesians 1, it tells us that before the foundation of the world, God knew us and he loved us. And God cares about you so much that he sent Jesus to die for you. Isn't it great news to know that the God who is saying, well, you just give these things to me, cared about you enough that he would send Jesus to die and take your place to forgive your sins so that you can have a relationship with your heavenly father and you didn't have to be separated from him. I think he loves you enough and cares about you enough that he can take whatever it is that you're worried about and he can give you wisdom. He can work that out. You don't have to carry it. You were never meant to carry it. You were never meant to carry it. In fact, Jesus himself, he even talked about worry and how much our Heavenly Father cares about us in Matthew chapter 6. says, that is why I tell you, do not worry about your everyday life. 
whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly Father feeds them. And here's great news. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. He will give you everything that you need. One phrase that, that sticks out to me is at the end of verse 30 where he says, why do you have so little faith? He says, he will certainly care. Do you not see the wildflowers and how they're taken care of, and they're not even as important as you? Like, certainly God is going to take care of you. And then he, said, he asked the question, he says, why do you have such little faith? Isn't it so true? That whenever we carry around our worry, we're putting more faith in me than in God. I have to carry this around and worry about this and be anxious about this and figure out what the solution is because I am the one who has all of the answers. I am the one who has all of the wisdom. I am the one who has to handle this problem and has to carry this around. No, God says, I'm the one who has all the wisdom. I know what to do in this situation. If you will cast your cares and your worry and your anxiety on me, then you don't have to carry it around anymore and I can give you wisdom and I can guide you through it and it may not be easy and it may not be everything that you ever wanted and it may not be what you thought your life was gonna look like, but I can carry you through it if you'll just give it to me. It doesn't have to weigh you down. God cares so much for you. You are so valuable to him. Our worries don't add anything to our life. In fact, they take things from us and we don't benefit from worrying, we benefit from trusting God. When was the last time that you laid your head down at night and you thought, I just benefited so much from everything that I worried about today? I mean, you just laid your head down on the pillow and you thought, thank you, Jesus, that I got to worry all day long. I can just go right to sleep because I am so anxious and so overwhelmed and so worried. Thank you, Lord, for this worry. Worrying doesn't benefit you anything. I know I'm going like above and beyond to make this point, but worrying does not benefit you anything. You only benefit when you trust God. Then you can lay your head down at night and say, you know what, I don't know what's going to happen in that situation, but I don't have to carry it around. I've given it to God, and he knows, and he can show me what to do, and he can tell me what to say, and he can give me wisdom, and he can guide and direct me in all things. Amen? All right, here's the second thing that I think we can learn. So we don't need to carry around our worry. Here's the second thing. (laughs) This is a great place to say amen. The devil is on the prowl. (laughs) Would anybody agree that in 2021, on June the 13th, that the devil is on the prowl? Anybody felt lately like the devil is on the prowl? And Peter tells us, he says, stay alert. And watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone 
to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. I believe with all my heart that the devil now, probably more than ever, is looking for somebody and some people to devour. He's looking for somebody to confuse. He's looking for somebody he can lie to. He's looking for somebody that he can deceive. He's looking for somebody he can turn against somebody else. He's looking for somebody that he can use to cause division. I'm telling you, the enemy is on the prowl right now. And there are probably some things going on in your life and probably some things that you have felt and some things that people have told you and some things that you have told. Come on, you. we've, we've said this before. You ever been talking to somebody and be like, I probably shouldn't say this, but <laughs> I don't know about you, but I would prefer not be used as a tool of the enemy to cause strife and cause division and cause all of these problems that I may not even realize in the moment that I'm causing but I'm being used by him. Come on, he's looking for somebody that he can deceive and he can devour and he can, he can, he can make prideful, that he can lie to. Pastor Mark Driscoll, I love this, he made this statement that I want to share with you today. He said, everything God has created, the enemy will try to counterfeit. And he, he said it this way, he said, the enemy is not a creator. He was created. And anything that God has created, he wants to try to counterfeit. If God has created forgiveness, then Satan counterfeits with vengeance. Well, you just, need to, you just need to get back at them. You need to treat them the way that you want them to be treated. Come on, we're trying to teach our kids this all the time. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you, right? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And sometimes we get asked this question, well, they already did to me. So do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Well, this is what they did to me, and so this is what I get to do to them because I'm doing unto And I'm like, no, you got it backward. You do unto others as you would want them to do to you. Not you do unto others as they have done unto you. And so God, he, God creates forgiveness and says, hey, you need to forgive. You've been forgiven. You need to forgive. The enemy says, no, you need to, you need to take it into your own hands. And you need to get back at them. God creates love and Satan counterfeits it with lust. God creates unity and Satan counterfeits it with division. And isn't it so true that sometimes we feel like we're unified, but we're unified, listen to me, we're unified with a group of people that are against another group of people. So we're unified in dividing. And sometimes we feel like, well, I am unified. I am unified. We're unified. This is our group, and we're unified, and we're unified against them. And we're, Now, I'm not talking about being unified against evil. We need to be unified against evil. I'm talking about other people amongst you, and you're unified together, and you feel like, well, there's unity. No, there's not. Like, there's not unity among your brothers and sisters because you're unified, and they're unified, and now we're fighting each other. And that's still division. We've got to be unified against what the enemy is trying to do. Unified against the devil who is prowling around like a roaring lion, looking for somebody to devour, looking for somebody to deceive, looking for somebody to lie to. Satan is a deceiver, he's a divider, and he's a liar. In fact, here's what Jesus said. He says, for you are the children of your father, the devil, and you love to do the evil things he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. And look at this. When he lies, 
it is consistent with his character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. He is a liar and the father of lies. Listen, you want some truth for today? If the if Satan is speaking, he's lying. If, if the devil is talking to you, if you're having these thoughts, if the devil is talking to you, he's always lying. Because what? He is a liar. It says that if he is lying, then it is consistent with his character. It is who he is. It is who he is. Like he is a liar and he is the father of lies. Satan is on the prowl and we have to stand firm against him and be strong in our faith. Listen, we need to know the word so we can recognize a lie. If I could give you any advice today, know the word so that you can recognize a lie. Know the word so you can recognize a lie. Come on, look at the person next to you. Look at look. Come on, look them right in the eye. Tell them, say, know the word so you can recognize a lie. The enemy is going to try to lie to you. Come on, we've got to, you've got to make up your mind that you're not going to accept a counterfeit. No, I know what the truth is, and so I'm not going to accept a counterfeit. I'm not going to receive a lie. I'm not going to pay attention to those things. I'm not going to let those, those thoughts and those things dwell inside of my mind. I'm going to make them submit to Jesus. If the enemy's speaking, he's always lying, and he's on the prowl, and he's looking for people to devour. Come on, this is, this. We, we've said this a hundred times before, but this is a great reason as to why you need community and you need, you need people around you and you need to be in a group and you need to be doing life together with people that are going in the same direction that you are and you need to be growing together and being discipled together. It's because the enemy is looking for somebody to devour. And I don't know if you've ever watched the National Geographic Channel or Animal Planet or something like that, but the lion is always going after the one that's off by themselves. Come on, you need community. You need to be growing together and be discipled. You need to know the word so that you can recognize a lie and you need to be around other people who can pick you up and who can look at you and say, you're not going in the right direction. We need to course correct. Amen. Here's the third thing that I think we can learn. That's so vitally important is this, that suffering is temporary. Suffering is temporary. If you're like me, there have been points in your life, and maybe you're there right now to where you need to be reminded that suffering is temporary. 1 Peter 5, 10, the first part of that verse, it said, In his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you have suffered a little while. Here's the problem with this part of the verse is that we think a little while seems different in our mind than what it does to God. And so when we read this, we think, so after you have suffered a little while, we think, okay, like 10 minutes, I've suffered, I've suffered Right, I've been sitting at in this drive-through line for ten minutes. I have suffered long enough, Jesus. I need my Chick Fil A. Right? I mean, we think of suffering for a little while as as like, well, I encounter something, and by tomorrow, it's better. And that's not what it means. Suffering is always temporary, 
the reason it's always temporary is because there will be no suffering in eternity. So you may suffer on and off for your entire life for the sake of Christ. You may walk through all kinds of suffering for the sake of Jesus and for following him. But it's temporary because this is not our home. So you, you will suffer for a little while. You ever, you ever walk through something difficult and felt like it was going to last forever? Hello, 2020. <laughs> I was thinking about just some different instances, even in my life, where, where it seemed like this is never going to go away. I was thinking about, come on, I made the joke just a minute ago, 2020, but COVID, I mean, in the midst of it, it felt like it was never, ever, ever, ever going to go away. It felt like it was like like we were always going to be living in fear. There was always going to, I mean, like it felt like it was going to be forever. It was like, are we going to suffer forever? You know, I was being asked questions like, is this the end, right? Are we like, is Jesus coming back tomorrow because COVID-19 is on the earth? You know, is this like, is God pouring out his punishment because we are not doing things right? It just felt like it was going to be forever. But suffering is always temporary. And even in our personal lives, we know this to be true. The thing that you have been walking through or that you walked through in the past, here's the great news. You walked through it. The the struggle is whenever we sit down in it. Whenever we sit down in our struggle, that's when we have a problem. Because God never intended for you. He he says you're going to have trouble and you're going to have trial and there are going to be problems and you're going to encounter things and you're going to have problems. Life is not always going to go your way. But he says we're walking through it. We're not sitting down in the middle of it. Suffering is temporary. Another thing I was thinking about when I was preparing this was we have four kids and our oldest just turned 12 this last week, which is crazy to me to think that, that, you know, she's 12 years old. That's been 12 years uh, since I became a father. But I was thinking about before before she was born, uh, my wife was pregnant with our first child, and we had a miscarriage. And I don't know if you've ever been through that. I don't know if you've ever experienced that and what that feels like. I don't even really know how to explain that to you if you've never been through that. But let me just tell you, in the moment, it felt like it was forever. It felt like it was going to last forever. But the great news is some memories may never go away. You may have, there may be times where you come back and you think about it again, but here's the good news that God is walking, whatever you are walking through that is causing you pain and suffering, God does not waste your pain and your suffering. You are following Jesus and you are walking through it. Some of us, I think, need to to learn this phrase. Do we have this phrase that we can put up on the screen? This too shall pass. (laughs) Come on, you're in the middle of something right now, in the middle of some pain, in the middle of some suffering. You just need to speak it in faith over your life. This too shall pass. This too 
shall pass. I'm not sitting down here. I'm not camping out here. I'm walking through this situation. God is faithful. He's always faithful. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. And even though life is hard on this side of heaven, we're walking through. And we can keep our eyes looking up. Amen. I know that we've all probably walked through some things that felt like it was going to take us out. But the great news is that God is actually walking you through it. He's walking you through it. Here's what Paul said. I love this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 17 and 18. He said, for our present troubles are small and won't last very long. In light of eternity, our present struggles are small and won't last very long. See, we have to get the right, we have to compare to the right thing. We have to have the right contrast because whenever we're comparing to other people, our present struggles and troubles don't seem small. Like my struggle is bigger than your struggle. Your struggle is bigger than that person's struggle. Right, we start looking around and we think, mm, no, my struggle and my trouble is not small. And Paul says, listen, in light of eternity, our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. Trouble's not going to last forever, but what you gain will last forever. And so we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. How can you live with a mentality that suffering is temporary when you have the right perspective? When you have a kingdom, this earth is not my home, heaven is my home perspective. Then you can truly understand, I might be walking through this right now, but this is not forever. This is not forever. James 4.14, it tells us that our life is here a little while and then it's gone. It's like a vapor, like the morning fog. It's here a little while and then it's gone. To us, it seems like an eternity, but in light of eternity, it's just a little bit. It's just a little while. The trouble won't last forever, but what it produces in you as a follower of Jesus will last forever. We have to learn to set our eyes on what's coming rather than our current troubles, our current struggles. I want to bring the worship team back. And here's the final thing. At the end of that verse, in, in verse 10, it tells us about point number four, which is that restoration, support, and strength are on the way. Restoration, support, and strength are on the way. <laughs> it's like, okay, we, we need to cast our cares and our worries on God because he cares for us. The devil is on the prowl. He's looking for somebody to devour. You're going to endure suffering. You're going to go through some things. You're going to walk through some things, but it's temporary. And at the end of it all, restoration, support, and strength are on the way. 1 Peter 5.10, in his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you have suffered a little while, he will restore, support, and strengthen you, and he will place you on a firm foundation. I was thinking about Job. The Old Testament story of Job and everything that Job went through and what was taken away from him and what he experienced in his life and all the trouble and all the heartache and all the loss and all of these things. And then if you read the very end of the story, you got to make it all the way to the last couple of chapters. And in that like our life sometimes, it's like, 
There's 42 chapters in my life, and 40 of them seem like it's suffering and it's never going to go away. (laughs) But if you get to the very end, you see that what did God do at the very end of it all? He restored him. He restored everything that he had plus some. And here's, here's the good news today is that God himself, even though the enemy's on the prowl, even though there are things that are going to happen to you that are going to cause you to want to worry and carry on anxiety and carry around fear and all of these things, and the devil is on the prowl, and he's looking, and he's at work. Come on, right now, he's at work, and there's spiritual warfare going on and all of these different things, and we might be experiencing some suffering. We can know that it's only temporary, and at the end of it all, God himself says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to restore I'm going to support, and I'm going to strengthen you, and I'm going to put you on a firm foundation. In other words, here's how I would sum up what God says in all of this and what Peter writes down, and he says, listen, this is what God's going to do for you. (laughs) He says, when push comes to shove, God's got this. When push comes to shove, no matter what you're experiencing, God's got this. When push comes to shove and the enemy thinks that he's going to win, God's got this. When push comes to shove and he's looking for somebody to devour and he's looking for somebody to deceive and he's lying to certain people, God's still got this. And at the end of it all, he says, listen, God himself is going to restore. After you've suffered for a little while, restoration and support and strength, the firm foundation is all on its way. And so we just got to keep our eyes up. Keep your eyes up. Keep your head up. You know what? I don't care what it costs me. I've counted the cost, and I'm going to follow Jesus, and it doesn't matter what happens in my life, and it doesn't matter what I lose, and it doesn't matter what I gain or what I don't gain. It doesn't matter whether or not the blessing comes in the way that I think it should come or in the way that God knows that it should come. No matter what it looks like in my life, God's got this, and I'm following Jesus no matter what. No matter what. Suffering, I'm following Jesus. The devil's on the prowl, I'm following Jesus. All these worries and cares and anxiety, I'm following Jesus. I'm following Jesus. No matter what happens, my eyes are on him. This is not my home. This is not my home. I'm here right now, and there's a purpose right now, and you're here right now, and there's a purpose for you right now. And we said it a few weeks ago. Isn't it interesting and and a a perspective change to say, you know what? Look at everything that's going on in the world. Yeah. Isn't it so awesome that we get to live for such a time as this, that we get to suffer? Come on, Paul. Paul, if you read what Paul said, Paul says, you know what? I count it. I, I just love that I get to suffer for Jesus. What would the world look like? What would Paris, Texas look like if a bunch of people just stood up and said, you know what, I am so excited that I get to suffer for Jesus because this suffering is temporary and God has already told me that he's going to restore and he's going to support and he's going to give me strength and he's going to put me on a firm foundation and so I don't have to worry about it. I can give all my cares and worries to him because he cares for me and I'm just going to follow after Jesus and I'm going to do this thing because why? God's got this. God's got, God's got me. God's got this situation. God has this. He's going to restore what may have been lost along the way. He's going to support us in, in, in everything we face, and he will strengthen us when we feel like we've lost our strength. Come on, Paul said, I, I, I boast because I'm weak, because when I'm weak, then I'm really strong. That's when Christ's strength can, can operate in me is when I've come to the end of me, and I don't feel like I can do it. Guess what? I can't do it. 
And when I realize that I can't do it and I surrender to him, come on, that's why we have to surrender. Surrender. Stop trying to do it in your own strength. Stop trying to make it in your own strength. Stop trying to do everything just the right way. And if you'll surrender, if you'll die to yourself, if you'll truly live out that I was crucified with Christ and I no longer live, it's Christ that lives in me. If you will live that out in your life, then it won't matter what happens to you. It won't matter what you face. It won't matter how much you suffer because you know this is temporary and Jesus already said it. He said he went through it. They hated me. They're going to hate you. And so I'm just going to keep following Jesus. You got to have the right perspective. You got to surrender. You've got to get to the place where you can say, it is not about me. It is not about me. It's not about what I want. It's not about what I think it should be. It's not about what everybody else thinks it should be. What does God's word say? Who am I in Christ? And I'm going to keep following Jesus no matter what it costs me. I'm not giving in. I'm not turning my back. Come on, will you stand to your feet today? I want to pray for you. and Man, I just can't. I cannot stress it enough. I feel like I'm on an assignment today to get you to surrender. Because if you don't surrender, if you don't don't offer yourself as a living sacrifice, then when things happen to you, it's going to be personal. When things happen to you, it's going to devastate you. When you face suffering, it's going to, I mean, you're not going to have the right perspective, but you, when you surrender, If the altar is where you meet us, take me there. What is the altar? It's the place of sacrifice. It's the place where you lay it all down. You lay it all down. And you say, I'm not living for me. I'm living for him. And it's him that's living through me. Amen. So, Lord, today we thank you for your word. We thank you that that you've got this and that at the end, Lord, restoration and support and strength and the firm foundation, Lord, that all of those things are coming. That our, We thank you that our hope is in you and you alone. And, Lord, you didn't leave us blindsided. You didn't, like, you you have told us that we have to count the cost. You have told us that we're going to endure suffering. You have told us all of these things, that the world hated you, and so they're going to hate us when we're following you. But at the end of it all, you've said, listen, those who endure to the end, those who never throw in the towel, those who keep following after you will be saved. Lord, that restoration and support and strength and all of these things are coming. Lord, we just have to commit our lives to following you. And so today, that's my prayer as we sing this song. Lord, that we would just give it all to you. Our marriage, we give it to you. Our finances, we give them to you. Our career, we give it to you. Our family, we give it to you. Our ego, we give it to you. Our pride, we give it to you. Everything that would cause us to to fall away or to turn away or to try to do it in our own strength, we just surrender it all. We lay it all down at your feet today, and we surrender it to you, and we pick up everything that you have for us. 
And we thank you that in the midst of it all, you never leave us. You never forsake us. You are never walking away. That you are always there. And that the trouble we endure right now, it's only for a little while. The things, the, the hurts and the pains that we experience, they're only for a little while. Lord, give us kingdom perspective. Help us to keep our eyes looking at you. And Lord, I pray as we sing this song that you would just speak to our hearts and that you would receive all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory in Jesus' name.